Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. This is episode five of the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about swimming and how swimming is great a great sport to help you with your all-round health and fitness. Joining me on the podcast today is Brenton Ford from Effortless Swimming. Brenton has been swimming for around 24 years and coaching for 12, so is uh, perfectly placed to uh, give us all the help and advice we need uh, to incorporate swimming into our health and fitness. Hey, Brenton, thanks for coming on to the show today. How are you? Hey, don't yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for agreeing to to come on. I'm aware it's uh, a little bit uh, late there in Australia, um, so uh, yeah, let's uh, let's crack on. So. For, for people that haven't um, come across you before, can you just give us a bit of background and an introduction to yourself? Yeah, my uh, my background is uh, I started swimming when I was very young and made a number of national age group finals as a uh, as a youngster. And then when I turned nineteen, I, I started coaching, and uh, I started coaching a university team here in Melbourne. Okay. And then I, I t- uh, took on a, a master swimming club, started coaching them won a uh, number of national uh, titles with those guys and um and then I just uh I sort of started effortless swimming in the process there and um and now we we have about 1500 people uh do clinics each year right. with uh, myself and a couple of other coaches that we we have on board and yeah. um we run a number of camps around the world and um and I've worked with several thousand different people over the last couple of years and and my focus and and kind of the the, f- the thing that I've enjoyed the most is working with uh, with adults who might have a little bit of experience in swimming, but uh, they know they can get faster. And I, I really enjoy just trying to simplify swimming because I, when I was young, I uh, I knew I could get faster by training harder. Yeah. And that's certainly an aspect of, of improving. But the technical side of things is it can be quite confusing. There's so much stuff you can think about. And yeah. um, I've found just the, the best way to teach people is just to try and simplify it, not use too many technical terms. Um, and that, and that's kind of been my mission over the last couple of years. And um, I, I, I feel like I've still got a lot to learn there, but I, I feel like the, the sort of process that we go through now and, and what we teach is um, is almost as simple as we can, can get it. So yeah. uh, that's kind of been what, what the focus uh, has been for the last couple of years. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great way. And I think we were talking slightly before we recorded how technical uh, swimming can be. And I, and I kind of draw parallels between that and golf. Not that I've ever played golf at any great level. But yeah, there's, there's, li- there's so many little things that you can do and change, particularly around front core. I mean, that's main, mainly the stroke that I use to kind of just improve. And, you know, when you are at a, a lower level, as, as I was a little while ago, you know, you kind of, like you said, you, you kind of want to just train more because you think if you train more and you, you know, you, you kind of move your arms around faster, then you're going to get faster. But actually, it's not like that, is it? It's about, you know, dialing it back a bit and um, just focusing a little bit on some of the techniques and you can actually get faster by, by swimming, you know, not as hard. Yeah, completely. We have, I mean, I have a lot of triathletes come along to the clinics that we run and to to camps and 
one of the things I, I hear all the time is that they train harder in, in their running, they train harder on the bike and the results will often come yeah. and they do the same thing in swimming but they hit this plateau and they, their times just stagnate yeah. and and that's primarily because of the technical aspect and the technical side of things and a big a big part of that is the the beliefs you have around what gets you faster yeah. and often yeah and, and like you said if you try and spin the arms faster if you try and pull harder yeah the, the thought is that yeah all right that's going to make me faster but in swimming there's a lot of dichotomies and one of those is to go to go faster you've actually got to stay relaxed as you do it you can't mm. tense up and really sort of fight it so um, swimming is uh, a frustrating sport if you don't know what the right things are to focus on but that's um, that's been part of the mission is just to um, to let people know what those what those things are that can help them in their swimming and a lot of those are just what they uh, what they believe about what will make them faster yeah yeah absolutely so when when I'm talking to to our community uh, and I'm talking about swimming, obviously loads of people are aware of, aware of swimming. You know, the majority of people in the community have got their their children doing swimming, so they see them them doing swimming. But not many adults, I find, after you know after they become adults, actually use swimming as a form of kind of general exercise. You you tend to have this massive gap between you know when you, you do it as a kid and then you you tend to see people who are a lot later in their life in their 60s and 70s they start taking up swimming but there seems to be this big gap unless you're doing triathlon where people actually use swimming as a as a just kind of like a, a fitness kind of regime if you like so when we're thinking about that I, I, be, I generally believe that you know swimming is is a great way of and, and very low impact a great way of, of, of kind of getting fitter. So if we look at the basic fundamentals, Brendan, of swimming in relation to overall health and fitness, what what's your view on that? And what's kind of what would be your approach for, for the guys that are listening that are perhaps haven't swum since they were kids? Yeah, I mean, I one of the one of the reasons I think a lot of adults uh, haven't swum for for a long time is uh, there's there can be a lot of fear around that. And if you haven't been to the pool for say 15, 20 years since you were in high school, it, it, yeah, it takes a lot of guts to to build up that courage, get a pair of, I don't know, do you call them bathers over there? Like just get a pair of Swim. um, you know, swimmers. Yeah. yeah, swimmers and um, and some goggles and, and go to the pool. It's like, yeah, it's quite daunting um, for a number of reasons. So um, I find that a lot of times it's uh, someone might uh, have a friend who's sort of encouraged them to come along or they've started doing triathlons. Yeah. Uh, or they've been told by their doctor that you can't run or you can't ride anymore, so you've got to take up swimming, and, and they're usually some of the catalysts to get them back in the pool. So, um, the, from yeah, from my my perspective, I mean, I'm a little bit biased, but I think swimming is one of those things that is so crucial to. Well, it's it's, it's such a a good thing to be able to do, not only for sort of health and fitness, but from a, a confidence perspective. You know, going to any body of water, whether it's the ocean, going to a lake, and just knowing that you're going to be safe there, you can have fun, you can enjoy yourself. Uh, I think, from a confidence perspective, that's a that's a big one. But um, in terms of health and health and fitness, I mean, it, cardiovascular, it's just it, it's probably one of the best things that you can do. Mobility, um, using your entire body, and and fitness wise, like it's it's you don't get much better of a workout than uh, than swimming. So. Uh, I think it's uh, it is something that everyone should be able to do, but I, I totally understand the uh, the hesitation to get into it if you haven't been for a very long time. Yeah, it's interesting actually. You mentioned about the fear side of it, 
Um, and that's something, something that I hadn't realized before you mentioned it. But there are, you know, I come across a lot of parents who have maybe had an incident when they were younger, which means it keeps them out of the water, or they are just generally nervous about being in the water. They're not kind of confident in the water. They're, they're very hesitant. They don't necessarily, you know, they're not able to maybe even tread water or, you know, the kind of whole fear of drowning um, is a big thing. And I, I, know, I know when I, you know, started to do swimming a lot more seriously, one of the biggest challenges I had was actually breathing. Um, you know, you, you kind of tend to put your head in the water, you go down, you try and swim from one end to the other. And for whatever reason, you kind of either hold your breath or you're not breathing out. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that the, the fear factor um, is a big thing. Uh, and, you know, self-confidence as well, getting your swimmers on and going in the pool. If you're not maybe, you know, a really kind of confident swimmer as well, you maybe don't, don't necessarily know which stroke to do. You may be not competent in that stroke, you know. Um, so so what would what would you say, that, you know, if, if people are listening, they are in that situation, what would you say are the best ways that you would recommend to kind of get started, really? Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I took up mountain biking about four months ago and, you know, I've, I've ridden a, a road bike before. I've ridden, you know, mountain bikes when I was a kid. But um, in terms of, you know, there's some good tracks around where I live. So I, I bought a just a, a crappy mountain bike and I just wore, you know, some normal clothes that I had, normal helmet, had none of the other gear, but I just went out and had a, had a bash. And, but even then I was sort of, I was a bit, self-conscious about seeing anyone else out on the tracks you know what are they going to think of of me and my bike and and that's with that's with mountain biking and it's like you know no one really cares too much what um there's a there's a lot less anxiety around that around that compared to swimming so i i totally get it um but you know with with swimming uh i think if you don't know how to swim a good way can be adult learn to swim classes that's probably you want that face-to-face teaching i i think uh it is a lot harder to learn through videos and YouTube. It, it can certainly be done, but I think that face-to-face coaching is important. Yeah. If you do know, you know some, some of the basics, then uh, just start simple. A lot of people find that wearing a, uh, a snorkel can be a really yeah. good way to just overcome that fear of, of breathing because you don't need to lift your head to yeah. breathe. You can just breathe with the snorkel yeah. on. Um, and 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 then the next thing is just to start start small. So I'm a big fan of developing good fundamentals, and it doesn't matter if you're a beginner, if you're elite. You know, you've got to have good fundamentals. So just just start small and build up from there. Because swimming, like any other skill, is it's it's um, developing that the motor patterns to um uh, well to be able to, to swim fast. And and what I normally recommend for a lot of people is if you are struggling with your breathing, then find a find an area that's uh, just deep enough to, to stand in the, in the water and just practice your, your breathing like they do with the kids, you know, just practice breathing out bubbles yeah. and, and then you can progress from there where you put your whole face in, then you can go from holding onto the wall, have your feet up and, uh, and practice that breathing and just go, go step by step, keep it really simple and it doesn't need to be a, um, uh, a, a difficult thing if you do it that way because you're much better doing that than jumping literally in the deep yeah. end and uh and trying to get to the other end because i've heard uh well i've spoken to people who've come to clinics and you know they've said that uh the first time that they got back in the pool they jumped in swam to the other end and this is a 50 meter pool that's not deep enough to stand in and they only just made it and uh you know and they jumped out after that and then it took them another few weeks to get the courage back up to go to go again so um yeah just uh don't be afraid to even you know ask 
talk to the lifeguards, talk to other people there and ask what lane should I should I go in? This is this is where I'm at. Because people are helpful, you know, people are friendly, they're they're willing to help and um there's no need to uh you know to um just kind of go at it alone. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think all too often as adults we, we're a little bit fearful of actually asking for help as well. Um yeah, we think yeah. that maybe we've done it as a kid so we can just pick it back up again. Um and like you say, you know, particularly men, right? So ego and all the rest of it kind of gets gets in the way and you think, oh, I'm just going to do swimming. I'm just going to jump in. I'm going to do 10 lengths. That's really hard if you've not, you know, it doesn't matter what, what size pool you're in, um, if you've not swum for a long time. Because, um, you know, for the reasons that we said, you know, technique and breathing and things like that, confidence. So, yeah, I think that's that's a great point is is, is, is if you are going to do it, is, is find someone who um, can kind of guide you and help you, you know, don't go when it's a busy time as well. Maybe go when it's when it's, it's a little bit quieter, um, so you've got the lanes to yourself. Because that also can be um, a little bit of a daunting task as well. We, particularly, you know, if you, I, I, I go to a pool on a Saturday morning, it's very busy, um, and you could have you know ten or ten or twelve people in a lane if it's a fifty meter pool, and they're coming round you, they're overtaking you. You know, you have this tendency to if there's someone coming alongside you to kind of keep with their pace and things like that so there there's a there's a big psychological um uh, element to it as well and and the other thing is is consistency i mean i've been swimming now consistently for, for six to seven years and even now you know there's, there's still things every time i get in the pool that i could improve upon there's still little tweaks and and changes that i can make um but when i first started i couldn't swim i could barely swim the length of a 20 meter pool before I had to try to stop and give myself a couple of minutes uh, uh, at the other end. So I think that the point I'm trying to make is that just accept that it's going to take you a bit of time before you can get to the point where, you know, you're consistently swimming up and down. Oh, definitely. And yeah, it's, it's okay to suck at something. You're going to suck at anything the first time, probably the second time, third and, and on yeah. from there, but, uh, but you will get better at it. And uh, probably one of the mistakes I made when I started coaching was that you know, I was working with with reasonable swimmers, but I thought that I would be able to basically change their stroke uh, straight away. So it's like, all right, move your move your hand this way, um, and you know, straight away you'll be swimming faster. But that's not how skill acquisition works. That's not how uh, you know, there's habits that are ingrained that are going to take you often eight to ten weeks to to be able to make automatic and to be able to change so what you might be able to get it you know once or twice here and there it's not going to happen overnight and the same thing goes if you're starting from a uh, you know from a more beginner level so just having that long-term term approach knowing that it's going to take several months and and really several years to become pretty you know pretty competent at it but that's all part of the journey you know it's uh, that's part of the fun of it because you know if you look back sick from where you were six or seven years yeah. ago um, and 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 actually re- reflect on it. You see, that's amazing to go from not being able to swim twenty meters to to now where you're doing several races a, a year, and um, yeah, and, and looking to qualify for Kona. So it's um that's what's sort of possible with that long term yeah. approach. Yeah. And that you know that's the whole approach around most things in life. But you know when you're when we're, we're talking here about fitness and health, you, you've got to be in it for the long game, right? It's not you know we all. We all want this instant now results. We live in the Amazon world where we can click and it'll be here in 24 hours. That's not how it works with your health and your fitness. You have to you have to accept and and be happy to to put the 
the the, the effort in really uh, and and consistently to to get the results you want. So um, for people that maybe um, don't necessarily have a lot of time um, to to kind of you know spend an hour in the pool on the weekend or in the week and things like that. I mean, one of one of the things that I kind of promote to our community is that even if you do twenty to thirty minutes, that's more than enough. You know, if you're doing it consistently, maybe twice or three times a week. What would what would be your kind of recommended programs? And obviously, everybody's kind of caveat. Everybody's different. Um, but what would be kind of your general approach to somebody who you know wants to get into to swimming, um, but mes- doesn't necessarily have the time to be able to do it? Yeah, uh, a friend of mine, Annie. She she's a, a coach. She her fra- favorite phrase is that uh, whoever's having the most fun wins. You know, and if you're if you're going to the pool and you're just hating it every single yeah. time, I can guarantee in two months, three months time, you're probably not going to be back at that pool very often. So, uh, especially for if you're doing triathlon and you might be starting out, it it can be worthwhile just. Doing doing what you enjoy. It might be wearing fins to yeah. start with, just wearing some yeah. flippers and uh, and swimming with those on. And you know, eventually, you obviously want to take get rid of them and 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 progress um, to to some sort of harder stuff after that. But if that's what gets you to the pool and that's what um, you enjoy, then then go with that. And same goes for for pool boy and and paddles, uh, especially for triathletes. Like if you just if right now if you hate your swimming, um, but you enjoy swimming with paddles and a pool boy use those because that's better than not going to the to the pool so that's what i i, I usually recommend in terms of uh g- getting that consistency in two or three times a week and then if you do only have half an hour uh i, I find just really sort of simple sets and, and usually uh as- ascending sets can be helpful so what that would mean is like let's say you got 30 minutes may might be five minutes of yeah. warm-up maybe a little bit more depends on how much you need and then if you have a set where you uh doing some building work so you progressively you might start slow you'll progressively get faster throughout the set and at the end of the set if you can uh you know if you're doing sort of your fastest effort towards the end of the set and your times are getting faster and then you do your cool down after that you'll probably come away feeling pretty good about yourself so it's almost like this crescendo where uh yeah it might be like let's say it was uh six six two hundreds was your main set you might do uh you know two two medium two a bit faster and then uh, number five might be like a sort of 85, 90% effort and the last one's the yeah. fastest one. Just some really simple stuff where you're uh, changing the speed around and you're sort of feeling good about yourself at the end of the set. I, f- I find uh, that helps a lot just with the with the confidence and just with how you feel overall. It's so much better doing that for most people than just doing a 1,000 metres straight swimming where it's just like – there's room for aerobic work obviously but – um, if you yeah, if you're looking for bang for buck, you've got to be changing your speed up within the within yeah. a set. Because the other thing about doing distance, when you start to do endurance, you know, you've really got to have a lot of focus. I think because you can quite easily get, you know, your mind can wander, and then you can, and as a result, I've known this from experience, then your stroke starts to suffer. You start to get a little bit fatigued, um, and maybe your technique is not not as great. So yeah, I think those interval type sets um are, are really really valuable where you're you're maybe going a little bit higher than your kind of constant swim speed um and you're puffing a little bit when you stop and then you have a little rest and, and then you go again gives you time to kind of reset and um yeah kind of get your breath back and, and, go, and then go again so so yeah i think um yeah the the interval sets are, are quite good 
So if you've, you know, if you've got some, some basic experience, you know, you, you make maybe swum, you know, once a week for, for a little while, um, and you, and you, and you're okay. Okay. You can, you can do the, the sets that we've just talked about. What would you say is, is like kind of like the next steps, you know, to, pro- to progress on from a beginner or maybe even to start thinking about, you know, doing some, some open water swimming as well. If you're, if, if the guy's listening and look, looking to do a triathlon. Yeah. I find uh, to really, uh, to really sort of motivate yourself to take that, that next step and, and provided that's something you obviously want to, you want to go for a, uh, an event. So like a, a goal and a, and a deadline is, is one of the best things to, to do it. So um, we were talking earlier, I, I did a season of triathlon where I built up and did nine man at the end of that as a, as a yep. bucket list thing. And when I was, uh, when I was training for that iron man, I, like, I was, I was busy. I was, you know, I didn't have kids at the time, but um, I was, I was, I was pretty busy with coaching and, um, and running the business. And, you know, I was still doing two, sometimes three training sessions uh, a day. And the reason I was doing that is, you know, getting up at 4.30 or 4 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning, it's yeah. freezing cold, getting on the bike and, and doing the training. It was because because I set that goal and I had that deadline of um, of that March date. And, the, and, and I sort of had to dig into, um, you know, what's really, what's my motivation here? And, and for me, it was to get under a certain time, uh, because I wanted to sort of prove, I wanted to prove that to my to my mates basically, and I also had a bit of ego involved in the swim time that I wanted to do at that race, just because of just because of sort of my uh, coaching experience and that kind of thing. So that's that I had to had to be honest with myself about it and know that there was ego involved with uh, with all of that. But but that was a real motivator for actually getting the training done. So um, if you, you know, if, if you're sort of looking to take that next step, find a if you find a swim that or an event that excites you and you know it may, might be a little bit daunting as well that's probably going to be one of the best things to get you get you out the door and get right. you to the pool so if it's just a you know if it's a 500 meter swim that you know you can do easily there's not much uh you know there's nothing that excites you too much about it it's it's not that uh you know there's nothing really it's going to um push you push you out the door when you could stay home and you know a night in seems easier so i, I find something that's uh yeah challenging outside your comfort zone that's what's yeah i agree i think um i recorded a video late last year actually of me um going out for a run in the winter at six thirty on a sunday morning um and sometimes when you mention to people you know you've got to have a why the reason why people think it's a bit woo woo so i kind of like to dial it back a bit but just like you say have a reason or an event that you're working towards because you know when you when you want to step out the door on a cold winter's morning and go go into the pool or you want to get into a cold lake or you have to go out for a run because your training program says you've got to do a run and it's raining outside and it's 6 30 in the morning you could be in bed it will be that reason that will push that will push and spur you on and also it will be the reason that kind of keeps you consistent as well um and when you know when stuff gets tough for me training i've been i've been facing it recently during training because it's really stepped up i kind of have to visualize um and again people might think this is a bit woo woo but it's kind of visualizing dreaming you know do i want to get to the end of my qualification race cross that finish line and realize i've not met the time that i need to do um and and then be hugely disappointed or do i want to push through what i'm going through now and actually finish it so I know that's that's got me that little step further um and and people listening to this might not necessarily 
want to do the big events that you and I are talking about, but they might just want to do a park run, right? They might just want to be able to swim 500 meters for a, for a charity race or something like that. But it's it's that all important that that kind of end goal, that end game that you if you've got that fixed in your mind will just kind of help you put, push through the difficult times. Oh yeah, completely. And um, and having that sort of accountability there too, like telling uh, like telling yeah. your your friends, telling your your family that. You, yeah. you've you've booked it in uh because you're probably not going to want to you you're going to want to sort of save face there and 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 that's what's going to do it for you so um yeah having some some responsibility some pressure there is uh is a good thing and i, I find like just generally when i've when i've got a, a challenging event that i've got booked in i'm usually more productive and more uh i'd say more efficient i sort of procrastinate a lot less on the other things in in life so you actually do you know with that family time yeah. you actually spend it uh spend yeah. it a lot better with work you know i've got three hours because i gotta get out the door and, and go for this run then you usually do it whereas when uh when i don't have that event booked in i uh procrastinate a, a lot more so i think it just generally in terms of you know, quality of life and that sort of thing it's uh it's good to have something big coming up most of the time those down times yeah. are definitely important but yeah, it's uh, it's good to to have. Yeah, those that's really key, there. actually. What you said there, and I I notice that I do that. You know, I notice when I've I've got a big training block coming up um, that I, you you you're a lot more mindful of the time that you're going to spend with a family because you know that you're going to be away sometimes. Um, and maybe if you don't have that booked in, you just kind of you ha- you still have that time, obviously, with the family, but you're maybe not as conscious about making sure that you maximize that time. So. So yeah, I think that's that's a that's a great point. So in terms of the you know um, actions that listeners can take away to to either you know start um, start swimming or improving their swimming, what five key actions, Brenton, would you would you suggest or recommend that the, the listeners could t- take away? Uh, I think um, when it comes to improving your well, just improving your swimming in general. Uh, start start with the fundamentals. So over the last couple of years, we've well, I've developed these these five core principles that we use to to teach and we use to analyze strokes. So one of the things uh, that we're sort of best known for, at least in Australia and and sort of overseas a bit, is just is technique analysis and the way that we've sort of analyzed people's stroke has, has been with these five core principles we've we've just sort of written them down and um and published them only a couple of weeks ago and one of the well the first one is the first core principle is breathe deep and relax and so that's basically learning to use your diaphragm to breathe and to be able to relax in the water kind of like what we we're talking about before without uh you know not panicking and just just learning to relax in the water and the second one is is finding your balance, and part of that is actually posture. So posture is hugely important in swimming. And the way I normally uh, the way I normally teach it is you want to think of being tall. So think of really lengthening, yeah. elongating your spine, and having your your chest out a bit. So really in this sort of tall and proud posture. And with that in place, and if you're breathing yeah. using your diaphragm, that gives you this really nice strong. Uh, taut body position and core and midsection to then sort of work from so building your or working your way up through these these core principles is a uh, is, is kind of an easy uh, framework or, or roadmap to to follow so if you're looking to improve your stroke um we've got them published on the, the website and we can put that in the in the show notes but um that's that's what i'd, I'd recommend if you're looking to improve your stroke and also uh, just keep it simple so one maybe two things at a time 
practice it for at least five to six weeks, work on, on those one or two things and then move on from there. Um, one of the things, you know, I'm sort of, I'm probably uh, guilty of is, you know, we publish a lot of videos, a lot of content and there's all, you know, lots of different advice. And if you're jumping from each bit of advice every single week, you're probably not going to uh, nail each, each of those things or really lock them in as a habit. So just, um, you know, get maybe get some some coaching, get some advice uh, or or just figure out what it is that you need to work on and laser in on that, make those changes and then progress from there. So just keep it yeah. as simple as possible. I, I find there's the, with so much information out there, it's easy to, um, you know, to, to jump from one thing to the other without really learning it and, uh, and developing it. So just, uh, yeah, I think keep it really simple with swimming. And uh, yeah, because as you know, it's especially as, as guys, we can rarely focus on more than one thing at a time, especially yeah. when, when yeah. we're swimming and when we're under pressure. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, don't try and do anything. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think as guys as well, and I, and I know I do this, you kind of overcomplicate this, overcomplicate things, right? So when, when things are perhaps not going the way that you want them to do, you kind of try to overanalyze it. There must be this kind of magic pill that, that's going to fix everything or the, you know, the one thing that I'm missing. And actually what I've learned over the years is nine times out of 10, it's just keeping it simple, but keeping it consistent as well. So, you know, don't, don't expect to, to go to the pool um, and, and work on a particular area of your stroke or your rotation or something like that. And you nail it in that one session. That's just not going to happen. Um, so yeah, just be prepared to kind of, as we keep saying, just keep it consistent and, and persistent as well. So Mm. And what, one thing I'll just add to that, sorry, just to jump in. Um, so if you are, if you have been swimming for a little while, one one thing that's kind of, uh, uh, yeah, that's probably helped a lot of people that I've, I've found recently and I did a video on it and I got a lot of feedback on it. So that's why I sort of want to mention it is um, connecting your, your catch and your kick. So uh, if you... If So the catch is basically when, you're, when one arm is out in front, when you're at yeah. full extension out in front, and the, the catch is from there to when the fingers sort of point down to the bottom of the pool. So it's like the, yeah. the tipping down of the hand. So that's the catch. If you can connect that up with your downwards kick on that same side, so your right arm catch and your right leg kick, that is kind of the timing that you want to um, to help uh, give you something to anchor against when you're okay. when you're pulling and uh, to help with the rotation of your body. So that's basically the timing that you want. You want to connect the catch and the kick together. If uh, if you want one really simple thing to focus on, I've found for a lot of people that can be something to make it all sort of come together. And, uh, yeah, so in terms of one one piece of simple advice people can follow. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great one. I've not heard of that one before. So you're saying that the – so if you're, if you're catching with your, your left, you're kicking you're, – you're, you're matching that up with a kick on your right or is it on the same side? Uh, on the same side so that the catch and the, and the downwards kick on that same side is what you want to connect because that downwards kick yeah. is going to start rotating your hip to the other direction and it's going to give you something to almost sort of pull against, to anchor against with that with that arm. And, uh, and, and that's the time you'll see when you slow down footage of all the – all the top swimmers, especially the distance swimmers, uh, that's what they're doing. And we, you know, we do a lot of filming with with people every year. And the swimmers who you can you can tell when you see someone at the pool when they haven't got their when they look like they're not really traveling that well through the water, like they're a low distance per stroke. Then, um, yeah, then usually that's that's one of the things that will contribute to it is their timing slightly out. So usually, what's happening is they'll like uh, they'll go through the catch. And they haven't even started that downwards kick yet, 
And I was doing the analysis for, for one of our members two days ago, um, and that was the case. So what the, the one thing I gave uh, this summer was uh, was working on on connecting that up. So, um, yeah, next time you go to the pool, it's a, a good one to see if you can uh, yeah, match yeah, it up no, if you're not I'll already. Definitely, definitely pay attention to that. And I think the the other point you're saying is, is when you see people swimming and, it, you know, to, to, to avoid the cliche of effortless swimming, it does look like that. When you see somebody who is – has got their technique down um, and they're fast. It's it's quite it's quite an amazing thing because they look so effortless. They're almost like gliding through the water, um, but they, and they're not splashing around. They're just kind of you know their arms and that are into the water perfectly with minimal kind of splash. They're doing kind of small little kicks at the back, but they're absolutely flying along. Um, and that's kind of for me, you know, you you know that someone's nailing their swimming when when it kind of when it kind of looks like that. So um, so yeah, it's a it's a good yeah, thing. it's a beautiful it thing to see, isn't it? So, uh, and I, I certainly appreciate it as a well yeah. as a coach and as a swimmer. So it's, like, it's just lovely to watch. And at uh, our well, one of the, our, our pools in Melbourne at MSAC, we had uh, there was uh, Mac Horton who was the four hundred meter Olympic champion from uh, Olympic gold medalist from Rio and um, uh, Gregorio Palcineri from uh, from Italy though he was the 1500 meter right. gold medalist from from Rio and uh, they were training together for a number of months there right. and so you basically got the two fastest distance swimmers in the world training together yeah. and it's, it's it was just, it's a sight to see like those guys were just you know, levitating yeah. on the water that they just yeah. look so good swimming and uh, it's that was really the uh, the as good as it gets when it comes yeah, to absolutely. watching someone yeah, swim. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. So before we wrap up then, uh, Brendan, what um, what didn't I ask you that you felt that I maybe should have asked you that would benefit the listeners? Well, we, we kind of went into it. I was, uh, uh, you know, I, th- I think getting your, figuring out what your your reason why is and what actually is motiv- motivating yeah. you and, and being honest about it. Um, and, and, and sometimes you know, those honest answers are uh, they're not not embarrassing but they're like you know for me it was it was the ego of wanting to to do really well in that ironman swim and and like and just prove yeah. prove to my mates that i could you know get this this certain time um and there's nothing wrong with that you know yeah. if, if that's what is honest is, is legitimately motivating you then um then be honest with it and uh yeah i think really digging into that is what can uh can sort of help you um, along in your journey and, and then just booking that booking that event that challenges you and, and scares you um yeah I, I think that's that's what it's all about so um you know f- for me two years ago i did or a year and a half ago i did the there's a 20k swim across to rottnest island yep. which is over in western australia and that was um and like i i did reasonably well at it and it it's sort of scared me at the time training up for it and uh and i i did uh but there's still some things i want to change so i think i'll okay. probably do that event again and uh and uh and, and change some things things there so even if you, you you train for something you don't do as well as you want yeah. there's you, you learn some things then you know those sort of losses are um they're, they're good in in the long run because that's what's going to make you change it's what's going to make you get better so it's a uh, it's a long journey and you know you most of us are probably going to last to 80 90 100 and even if you're 70 or 80 years old like some of my coaching clients or my my you know, swimmers have, uh, swimmers are they're they're still looking to yeah. get faster at seventy or eighty, and they're they're still making improvements. So um, it's it's still early. It's not too late to um, no. To I agree. It's, it's never too late, and I think that the, one of the key elements you just mentioned there is just be okay with it not being okay. You know, it's 
every kind of is another cliche but every master was once a disaster and and you know you you know there's always if nobody's ever got no one's ever perfect there's always little areas that you can improve upon but you should use that as fuel um to to kind of push yourself forward if there's there's little kind of areas that you can that you can work on to to get better so yeah and i think as as guys as well um there's been some recent studies done that um particularly you know when you get into your 40s and things like that is you get kind of um, drawn into the science of of fitness and, and nutrition and stuff that you do and it's kind of ends up becoming a bit of a game um where you can just tweak and change little things to get those small little improvements but over time they become big improvements so so yeah i think that's um that's a great point so how can uh people connect with you in brenton obviously you've got the the effortless swim podcast which is how you and i connected which is a great podcast and i recommend for the listeners to go over and listen to obviously after they've listened to this one um but but how how else can can the guys connect with you yeah, so uh, uh, our website, EffortlessSwimming.com, that's got uh, a whole bunch of videos and a, a bit more about the things that we offer there. Um, but most people uh, watch us on either YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. So we put out a lot of videos every every week, and they're sort of shared across the platforms there. So whatever your favorite social media platform is, we're, we're on just as um, as Effortless Swimming, so you'll, you'll find us there. And, uh, yeah, and if you want to uh, hit me up, if you've got any questions, then uh, there's a contact form on our website or just um, send me a DM, DM on uh, Instagram or any of the other places. And, uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. So it's been, uh, yeah, it's, it's been great, uh, been uh, great thanks chatting. Very much so thanks very for, much for having for me coming on. on and, um, yeah, taking time out of your, your evening in Australia to, to come and talk to us. I really appreciate your, your time and your, um, your comments, Brenton, and uh, I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Take care. Thanks, Darren. Thanks for listening to the Fitter Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe and I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes and a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com.